Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Zach on Film. Joining me this week, like always, Steven Schleicher. Hey Zach, how are you? Oh, pretty good, man. I am excited to talk about this movie this week. Are you? Yeah, you know, okay. it, it was kind of a a spur-of-the-moment decision last week as we were wrapping up our talk of Flying Swords of Dragon Gate. Yeah. And as we were, I was looking at other things, the same director had done, uh, this Detective D and, and the mystery. mystery of the Phantom Flame yeah. was in his credentials. I'm like, I've seen that somewhere. Uh-huh. And then we're like, oh, what's what? Because you had it up on your screen. Yeah, yeah. And so it was just fate. And now we have watched it. And uh, you like it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So it's a really good give film. Give me a rundown of the story. So a mystery has fallen a dynasty. There is a, the, the first empress is about to ascend the throne in, in China. Mm-hmm. And right before this can happen, all of these guys just start bursting into flames. Yeah, like it's these, not good. But it's there seems to be a curse, right? Yeah, like I mean, a curse. people have touched these uh, prayer uh, amulet things. M- yeah, blankets or uh, sheets or whatever yeah. they are, tapestries, tapestries. And suddenly, they've offended the god, and right. so they're bursting into flames. And yeah. so the empress is like, "Well, there's only one person who can solve this mystery." Yeah, it's Detective, Detective D. D. <laughs> and uh, so Detective T D is on the case, and. Uh, you know, he is doing a lot of stuff because he's currently, uh, when, when we first f- see our title character, he is in prison. Right. Like shuffling away things into a furnace. Right. Uh, because eight years previous, he tried to lead an uprising against this empress. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, bro, like, that's not cool. You can go to jail now. And that's and that's probably that whole, hey, he's been in jail, all this stuff. It's yeah. like, okay, what's going on here? Because... If you're not familiar with this character, and he's based on on this uh, this guy called uh, Judge D, a semi fictional character from um, from the Tang Court uh-huh. uh, in 18th century China, and they've had all these uh, stories that have about him going back in time. So I was looking. There's only, you know, there's there's a there's a book series, but there have only been a few movies. Uh, that I know of, and, this and that's is the first Detective one. D and the Mystery of the Phantom Flame, which is this this one, which is right. the first one. And then there's a prequel movie that came out in 2013 called Young Detective D, Rise of the Sea Dragon, which is also really, really good. That's a good idea. It's really worth watching. <laughs> if you enjoyed this one, you'll enjoy the, enjoy the other one. But, you know, there's this whole thing of, why is this guy in jail? I mean, it's yeah. from a historical pr- perspective and people who know Judge D, the character, uh-huh. 
this is stuff that is, you know, knowledgeable. People would be like, oh, yeah, remember in the case of the blah, 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 Detective D did this. And so that's why he would have been in prison. Of course, everyone knows Harry Potter is da, da, da. Right, 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 right. And but that is the as you're watching this film, it's like that's like a plot of this movie that has really there's no reason for that plot point to be in this movie. And that's the most confusing part about it, because you're like. What else have I not been told about right. this character? That's the interesting thing and made me start Googling like crazy. I'm like, this obviously cannot be the first movie. Surely they wouldn't be like, here is our main character. He has an entire elaborate black backstory that apparently you should just know. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 so, but there, yeah, there's like, there's a prequel movie. There's one Detective D movie I think is either filming right now or it's yeah, in post-production. And right then there's now. a one that's in pre-production mm-hmm. already. So... Like Detective D is popping off in China, right? Uh, but yeah, it is. It kept coming up multiple times because um, one of the main architect builders, who becomes very important at the end of the movie, uh, was like a cohort mm-hmm. of D's, who's mm-hmm. now in charge of building this giant Buddha statue to commemorate the Empress's coronation. And then there's a cool weapon, a mace that gets given back to D, who's like, this is the weapon that was taken from you eight years ago after you tried to like yeah. overthrow the Empress. I'm like, oh, this weapon is really cool. Uh, why was it taken again? Can we get some story? No, we can have no backstory on right, D. We'll right. just give it to you in pieces. But it is strange. And I, I did find that D is based off of a historical person. Yeah. Then the Wikipedia JP. was too long and yeah. I couldn't see anything about an overthrowing. Yeah, no, like I said, it's semi-fictional character. So okay. there may be parts of it are true, but it could be like one of these legends kind uh-huh. of thing. Like, uh, you know, like Wyatt Earp or, or um, uh, one of the other famous lawmen that, sure. that roamed the Western plains of, of Kansas. You know, you hear all these weird stories and no matter if you go downtown and walk that historical path, yeah. reading the little placards, that's kind of like an account of what happened, but not the account of what happened. Right. So with this, there's a little bit of, oh, you know, this is the further adventures of Davy Crockett, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Even though it never, never happened kind of stuff. Sure. So it's really kind of cool because D discovers that there is this plot to uh, make the the giant Buddha statue, which is huge. It's like 60 yards. 66 yards 60 wide. 60 yeah, <laughs> yards very tall. specific. And to make it topple over and kill the the empress on her coronation day. Yeah. And of course, D goes in to stop and and he is assigned like this person to assist him. Uh, she is the uh, empress's like right hand man kind right. of thing. Uh, and it turns out that she's kind of a backstabber and she's the one kind of behind all this a, a little bit in covering it up, especially with uh, the fire beetles and, and right. a bunch of the other things that are going on. It's a very twisty turny story yeah in that but let me just say twisty turvy uh much more coherent than uh flying oh sure, 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 sure. like it makes sense it makes a lot more it sense. makes a lot of sense but there are twists and turns it's almost like this should have been like serialized it's kind of like a, a, a doctor who episode at times where you oh, start sure. at point a and you hope to get to point b but somewhere you take a big looping uh-huh. uh detour that takes you to this underground city that really has, again, another mm, interesting, little. cool part of the story that does give a clue to it. Yeah. Not a major clue, but does yeah. give a clue to the mystery of who is uh, behind all this. Um, but it kind of meanders a little bit. And it meanders in the in places, But you get back to where you need to be at the end. Yeah. And by the end, it's very satisfying. Yeah, it is. I think it took all of the cool parts of 
flying swords mm-hmm. and made it into a better plot and just like a better story structure in general because I found the action in Detective D to be more satisfying yeah. than flying swords because it, it seemed more coherent. And we still got, like, apparently in the years between, oh, was it flying swords? Like 2012 mm-hmm. and when this was made in 2011. Mm-hmm. Like kicking wood through the air. Well, that's was always, all the range. But that that's always been a thing. Oh, so has if you it? Go back and and as we watch um some of these other movies. Yeah. The the giant log yeah. being flown <laughs> at someone and someone just tapping it and changing its direction uh-huh. is thing. is a big deal. Okay, yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So there is a lot of twists and the cave scene is kind of one that meanders because there's like a 15 minute fight scene, which is pretty cool. It is. Uh, but ultimately, it proved not super necessary for the plot right i uh, that's what i would say now again there is this one little thing that happens during that fight scene where they're oh, like yeah. oh and that's how i knew that so and so could not be this and this yes because he is he's helping this um i don't even know what to call him man with long hair down in the caves yeah, yeah. he's getting away dr boo or whatever his name yeah, is yeah and almost touches a part of the back of his head he's like no you can't touch me right. which was a flashback to the Empress's mm-hmm. uh, right-hand woman when the Empress was like, you need to seduce Detective D and, and you know, he's been away for eight years. Like, let's make him happy. And he went to touch her during the little sexy, sexy scene. She's like, no, you can't touch me. What are you thinking? Because uh, she ultimately ends up being two characters. Yeah, she's she- been using acupuncture to change her face, which is like the it's coolest, amazing. coolest part of this whole movie, especially when uh, the doctor guy, I think his name is Boo, uh, is uh, is changing his face because he's been hiding all these yeah. years. It's just, it's really cool. It is. You mentioned Doctor Who. It fits well because Doctor Who, not known because it's a TV show right. for like the most intricate, well-executed special effects and mm-hmm. it's the same here it's like oh i think you're just using like a bulge tool and just kind of like moving their face around a little bit yeah but it, it's fine it works it's cool yeah and so you know d when he has figured this out about the empress's lady and this chaplain who people believe is helping the empress take mm-hmm. out all of these political enemies mm-hmm. throughout these years. And it's like, you can't see them. And it's like a talking deer. Yeah. And, which is oh, also the, strange. The chaplain is coming, is able to, he's so powerful and so mystic that yeah. he can speak through these animals or transform himself into these animals. Right. And D is just like, no, you just know ventriloquism. Yeah. And that's what it is, <laughs> which is really kind of cool because when you think about, you know, uh, two, three, 400 years ago, it's pretty easy to fool, you know, if you could be a good ventriloquist, you could probably fool a lot of people into thinking that, you know, this is my magic goldfish and it can talk to you and tell you what to do. <laughs> Listen, oh king. And you could, you know, manipulate the king of the land mm-hmm. with your magical talking goldfish or in this case, talking deer. And I think that's really, really interesting how they're kind of blending some, you know, historical thoughts on magic and mysticism mm-hmm. and showing how it can be used to control the the government yeah and it was also hilarious to watch a bunch of uh deer charge detective d oh, and try yeah. to kill him and, and that is crazy that is a thing that might put a lot of people off is because there are these <laughs> deers that are like getting kicked in the head and i and mean they're all around but they're all cg, CG. yeah so yeah. you do have to keep that keep that in mind i mean it is kind of hilarious and amazing at the same time to watch it mm-hmm. it is you don't you that is a plot point you do not see coming you right, when you're right. halfway through this film you're, you're not oh i know what's coming detective d 
is going to go to the chaplain's courtyard and then find a bunch of deer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the thing that you see coming. So then D's like confronting the chaplain. like, I know you and says uh, this woman's name who oh, I wish I could have pronounce. And she transforms. Ginger. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's basically it's kind ginger. of like ginger. Yeah. Okay. And so she's like, hey, uh, I pull out like a pin out of my head mm-hmm. and she transforms into herself and then kind of fesses up to like, yeah, this is what we did. We killed all these people because she needed to be in power and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of that. That's one of the, the, the big idea is, look, I know you don't agree with this person and she's killing people that are opposing her, but jobs up, economy up, everyone happy, everyone's mm-hmm. leading pretty good lives. So maybe it's okay she does this. Yeah. And it seems to be a subtext that the country is completely falling apart. Like before she came in, right, like, right. in like her coming to power mm-hmm. can unite everyone right. and everyone will be hunky dory besides like some dudes that are like not cool with a chick running yeah. the country. Or yeah. Or maybe some people that are like, well, yeah, first of all, it shouldn't be a female, but there are other yeah. people that could do a better job and, and she's, she's killing them. But, and, and that is wrong because that's what detective D is tasked in his job before he went to jail to do, to, to hunt out killers and, mm-hmm. and put down people who are doing murders and, and these kinds of things. But in the end, he's kind of got to go, yeah, you're right. Life in this country is really good right now. If she's taken out of power, imagine the chaos it's going to cause. Right. And so the end result is D agrees not to expose anything and mm-hmm. then says, okay, but when your son comes of age, you have to let him take over. And so what, 15 years or 15 15 years or something like that. She rules Uh and then she steps down so her son can, can take over and rule hopefully in a very smart way. Better way. Yeah. Like Joffrey. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this movie left me speechless at times because there's a, about 10, 15 minute sequence as we ramp up to the third act and we find out the plot of the Buddha builder mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. wipe out the Empress where D is in this fight with Ginger, mm-hmm. right? And he uses his cool mace, which has this great functionality where it can see can find a crack yeah. in a weapon and then just break it off, yeah. which it's great. And so he's fighting her and uses this on her sword. It breaks, like bounces off a pillar, is flying right back at her. Like, mm-hmm. hey, it worked, cool. D puts himself in front of it. Right. Stabbed through the heart. Right. Right. What? Well, through the chest okay. or in the chest. Well, you know. Maybe it, not in the it heart. It seems very fatal at it's, the moment. I don't think it's in the middle of his he, chest. He, it's more off to the side. His, he is eyes closed on the ground. He is. Yes, he is yeah. out. So Ginger's like, oh, no, D, you are like a cool guy. So I'm going to give you a cool Well, plus they burial. don't know who's going to cause the, the temple, the, the Buddha to fall and kill the queen. Yeah, but I mean, they, they, yeah, they, yeah, don't, they don't know the plot of the whole story. That, yeah. yeah. So it is it is a, a mystery. So she's going to go take him out to the forest. It seems like bury her, right? Bury him uh, or heal him I or something. she's trying to take him back to... Maybe the palace? The palace. Okay, I'll go with that because it seems strange. But... So she's walking to where she needs to go. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, tripwire. Just out of nowhere, a tripwire. Yeah. With a giant arrow just straight through Ginger's heart. Oh, it's pretty brutal. I mean, it's like a big, big ass Yeah, it is arrow. a big arrow. Like a tree trunk. And then in her stumbling nature of being struck by a, a tree trunk arrow, she hits another wire and mm-hmm. another tree trunk arrow flies through her again. Yeah. Uh, so it's very sad. They escape somehow. 
mystery. Who they hide they? up in the trees. How do they get in the trees? <laughs> Does it matter? <laughs> I mean, I don't really care at this point because it's amazing. I'm like, <laughs> how is it? Wait, there's like 45 minutes left. They can't both be dead. Nope. This is crazy. Nope. So they're not dead. No, he comes back. He She's comes dead. Back. She is about to die. Yeah. He puts her on a horse. I don't know how he lives. And at this point, I truly also don't care either because <laughs> it's I'm so caught up in this movie. He has an emotional moment with Ginger mm-hmm. and confesses some more stuff and is it's, it's very emotional and great. Puts her on a horse, slaps the horse's butt, takes her back to the Empress so she can have her final moments with the Empress. Right. Right. A, a, another touching scene of Ginger asking, have you even truly loved anyone mm-hmm. and de- does it even matter right, right it's a right. great scene right uh cut to uh d coming up to his uh boy wonder sidekick right who we have former really sidekick yeah he's yeah. He, he's been, he's, he's been like, working in the background he's been doing some stuff he yeah. seems like a part of the like the government i don't remember well, yeah how he, he works from. he's he, he basically because he was an assistant at d at one point apparently they were both uh thrown in prison he got his arm chopped off uh, no, that, that's the Buddha builder. The Buddha yeah. builder. Oh, no. We're talking about? No, 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 no. So he goes to oh, the Oh, you're hut. talking about the, the, the albino. The man. The albino. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's originally, he was originally tasked oh, to be right. Right, the right, right, lead right. investigator for the, the CSI, CSI Tang Dynasty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he <laughs> is forced to, or he is compelled to work with Detective D on this case. Right. And so he is doing the side investigation yeah. of this hey, prince. Pai, whatever his yeah, name Pai, is. Yeah, Of this prince who is the prince who's trying to overthrow the queen a little bit, mm-hmm. and that's why it, there's a lot of intrigue, right? Oh, yeah, there's yeah. just a lot of intrigue, and I can't there's explain it all. There's a lot of political intrigue And so, on. like, this prince gave D the weapon to uh-huh. think D was working with the prince because the empress knows the prince is going against her. It's great. And so, Pi is looking at the prince, and the prince is murdered. Right. Uh, he gets the arrow treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, smaller arrows this time, but they have a poison on him. We'll get back to that. Oh, yeah, the poisons and, are really cool. Yeah, and then... So he was, uh, he was going to the prince, and the prince had like schematics of the thing, right? right. And so Pi gets taken. Mm-hmm. D goes to find him, and he's like, "I'm opening this door," and you can see like the classic "Don't open this door" scenario because there's like a, a contraption oh, yeah, yeah, attached yeah. to it. Yeah, he pulls open this door. Out in front of him, a sheet gets ripped off a man, mm-hmm. and it's Pi, and he's all changed up. Uh. He starts burning a lot. Yeah, he, he has the, he has not the because, Phantom Flame. Not because he's albino, but because no. he's been yeah. cursed with the Phantom Flame. Right. Yeah. Which, again, we're talking a 15-minute stretch. I th- assumed D was dead. Yeah. Uh, Ginger died suddenly. Right. And now, like, our other main character is dead. Yeah. In a, in a stretch of... Of breakneck pace. Oh, yeah. it's It really opens up to, holy crap, what is going <laughs> yeah. on? Because it's like all of the... All of the threads of the story are being wrapped up or being actually cut off because everyone's dying one yeah. by one. And Dee's realizing, oh, my gosh, if I don't discover what's going on. And, of course, uh, Pi has has figured it out uh, and, and found the plans and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so he's able then to confront um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Shatu. Hook. Yeah, hook man. Yeah. Man with the hook <laughs> uh, from from killing everyone or at least deflecting the. Uh, Buddha statue, so when it falls, it doesn't really kill anyone. Right. Because at the same time, the the thing is that um, uh, Shatu is uh, plotting with the prince to 
lead these armies in yeah. and take over the take over the the, the throne. Mm. And of course, now that the queen is safe or the empress is safe, she sends out her army of a hundred thousand to wipe them out. And D is like, hmm, it's interesting that you had a yeah. hundred thousand soldiers stationed here in the city to go out and take down sixty thousand soldiers. And that's where we get to the plot of. Jobs up, economy up. Is it so bad that I'm killing a few hundred thousand people at a time? So Right. And that's the moment she's like, hey, we have all these troops. Go kill mm-hmm. all these people now. And D is all, well, that's interesting. Why did you just happen to have yeah. a bunch of people stationed? Yeah. She knew. It's she all. had to have known, right? That's yep. the implication yep. that she that clearly she knew. knew. She knew this everything. All happening. She knew that it was all afoot and she was trying to protect herself mm-hmm. from being implicated in all this. So she's got to, I think, put up a front that here's D doing his job and everyone's doing her job. Although, and who knows, maybe she was plotting with Shatu or maybe not. But um, she, I, I honestly think by the end of this movie, she knew everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. She was controlling everything behind the scenes. And in the end, she made this deal with, with uh, D so that she could become Empress. Right. And so our, are we saying that she didn't necessarily put it all in motion, but she was very aware of every step everyone was taking yeah, and, and knew imagine, exactly the person to get to to stop the plan from happening. Right. Just so everything could almost happen right. and then she could swoop in and like destroy Yeah, and destroy everything. all of her enemies. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. I, I think so. That's definitely what it seems like. And then D is all, all right, so you're a maniacal genius. You are crazy, but again, we've established you're kind of doing good things for our country. Right. You, you only get so long because I think yeah. you might go insane if you do this. So right. D's like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to wacky with my cool spinny mace. Yeah. yeah you could be impressed for a while and yeah. then you got to you gotta get out of there. So the cinematography on this is just really, really cool. I mean, yeah. it's, it's nice. It's tight. It's well done. Uh, we had an email or not an email, but we had a post over at Majorspoilers.com last week. Mm-hmm. Um where he no no this is oh maybe it's another uh, mail that I I don't have in front of me but it was somebody who was like oh uh, I didn't realize that you guys were talking about this movie until I listened to it all the way through and I realized oh, oh. Flying Swords of Dragon yeah was over on and Twitter they were talking about how they had seen this in 3D originally uh-huh. and it's much much better Flying Swords of Dragon Gate are much better in 3D so in our review of that it it appears that the negatives that we had and some shots and things look cheesy were because of the 3d shooting and watching it in a 2d format. So, uh, this film, when we're comparing the same director, much, much, much better. I mean, solid, solid photography throughout solid acting throughout uh, this piece. The editing is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, close-ups where close-ups should be at, uh, the effects work in this. And this is, I think again, Going back and and at the time when I was really starting to watch a lot more of the Asian cinema and looking at some of the special effects stuff, the modern special effects stuff, not like, you know, a a head filled with, uh, you know, a a paper mache head filled (laughs) with water balloons (laughs) exploding, not that kind of stuff. But um, really going back and looking at the modern special effects that were going into Asian cinema and just be 
totally blown away by this film because it's like, wow, great matte paintings when you're dealing this mm-hmm. entire imperial city, this uh, giant uh, CGI Buddha that's that's standing there, the physical sets that they have to do in this. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, as you said, the the cool, the phantom flame where people have been uh, soaking up this uh, stuff in the water system and fire beetles stuff, this fire mm-hmm. beetle, beetle power. And then they just erupt into flame and they're just burning to a crisp right there on the screen in front of you. It's all CG. It looks a little faky at times, but when the smoke's coming out of their eyes and their mouth and they're starting to burn from the inside, I mean, this is, what year did we say? This is uh, 2012, um, uh, 10. 10? Yeah. This is before uh, the Iron Man 3 movie the uh, with the virus uh, that they have inside people oh, yeah. where they're lighting people up from the inside. So they're doing some of these cool special effects a long time before it became mainstream in some U.S. cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also... Um, done, I think, very, very well. Yeah, the really only effect that I thought fell flat was when they were doing, like, face changes. Oh, and yeah, And yeah. they did it in a way that it was quick, and we didn't, like, like look how cool we think this effect is. Mm-hmm. I think they were like, this isn't the best, but it's fine. I, and I, I don't think know. At the time, it was pretty probably pretty good. And I don't know because, again, I'm not a, a an expert in Asian cinema, mm-hmm. but... It seems like there have been a lot of times in some of the movies that I've watched where things like this are happening, not necessarily complete face change, but it's this whole idea of something bubbling underneath the surface of your face. And that goes back to having, you know, prosthetics with bladders underneath and people blowing those up back and forth to mm-hmm. cause the, the skin to ripple and bubble or other other things. But I, I think that that's a trope in, oh, really? in Asian cinema is that is that if that there is a, a bubbly face reveal huh. that happens quite a bit. Because I've seen it probably a dozen times in the, I don't know, 50 or 60 movies that I've watched. And not all of them are, you know, big martial arts spectacles, but a lot of them are. Mm. Um, But, uh, yeah, that seems to be something that does pop up quite a bit. Interesting. So I don't know if it's a trope or not. Some of our listeners will will chime in. Like I said, some people commented on last week's film about Asian cinema, especially in how it relates to how I said that it was uh, basically government funded. Yeah. And uh, the person commented and saying, well... In China, there's basically the equivalent of the Hays Code, which we had here in America that kind of dictated what could and couldn't go into movies. And one of the things is if someone's evil, especially if you're looking at um, like a government or something like that, you really have to show that they're evil and there can't really be uh, shades of gray in that. Um, Let's see. This is what he says. Um, Let's see. Most A lot of the Chinese movies may not necessarily be directly funded by the Chinese government, but they definitely have to play by the rules content-wise, much like how you've talked about the Hays Code in the early days of comics. Uh, It's always important uh, from a standpoint of the mainland Chinese government to always be super black and white. The good guys are always good and always seem to be fighting for the greater interest keeping the kingdom together. Uh, i.e. pro-Chinese anti-individualism while uh, always showing the bad guys being killed or punished for their evilness. So that's kind of where uh, that comes from. And he says, so Stephen's half right. And that's why you notice Hong Kong movies who didn't have to follow the rules up until recently having more nuanced, ambiguous characters, mm. uh, corrupt cops, noble gangsters with moral codes and so on. Interesting. So, yeah. And so, yeah, it, uh, D kind of falls into that a little bit as yeah. well because he's, you know, he's somebody that, doesn't want somebody in power to to take over but ultimately you know the the empress the mm-hmm. empress remains yeah i've throughout this film and i remember horses being a, a deal and flying uh, oh yeah yeah flying swords mm-hmm. i am fascinated with 
the way Chinese films put people on and off of horses. Oh, how they go flying through the air or... Yeah. Or they just throw them up over the top and... Yeah, because, you know, the classic Western mounting styles, mm-hmm. if you're trying to be really showy with it, mm-hmm. is either you run up behind the horse and yeah, you, like, yeah. pommel horse it right. and drop into the saddle. Right. Or the horse is running and you, like, grab, grab the, saddle the saddle horn and you, like, flip whip up. your way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Chinese movies, they float off of a horse and they usually spin three times. <laughs> yeah. And it is great. It's yeah. like, I don't know how this rig is working. I'm sure you're on wires and you're being lifted out and you're mm-hmm. spinning, but it is wonderful. And I wish that it was real and we could all jump off of horses like this because it yeah. is, it is truly magical yeah. the way horses you are get your off. magical friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. What, what else, what, what else did you want to talk about with uh, well, uh, detective D and the mystery of the phantom flame? Well, there was one. Oh, so a big idea that I've seen through flying swords and now D is, how strong the women characters are mm, like mm-hmm. they fight a lot and they're right, usually right. some of the better fighters in the at least these mm-hmm. two films we've watched are the film because uh ginger is oh yeah like, she's very capable she's really cool and she's, she's like, a cool like uh wonder woman lasso type yeah, yeah. thing going on yeah and she i mean when, when she's like blow for blow with d when yeah. she's the the chaplain lady uh, you know, obviously, there's the whole plot point of the Empress coming into power and people mm-hmm. not being okay with that. Mm-hmm. And then be like, eh, no, it's actually probably going to work out pretty well. Um, and I just remember, you know, Flying Swords had a lot of women fighting in them and, yeah. you know, like kicking a lot of butt. And that kind of stood out to me. Now, I will say that that's probably more something that you see in more modern oh, uh, sure. films. Um, because the next two films that we're going to watch... Not so much. Not so much, although... Especially next week when we look at the flying guillotine. <laughs> um, that one is more like a little bit more damsel in distress, but okay. in love. But And so you don't see any fighting from that. Okay. Uh, the one that we'll watch after that, Five Deadly Venoms, I don't know. I think it's all guys too, mostly men. So mm-hmm. if we look at the 70s uh, martial arts film, kung fu films, quite a bit different than the stuff we're going to, that we're looking at today. Okay. Although I think you're really going to enjoy fi- flying guillotine. <laughs> I mean, week. I watched the trailer last week and it's it, certainly it seems something to silly, be but then when you watch it, you're going to be like, wow, that is a really solid story for something that I was just oh, going okay. to blow away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no. And it kind of follows, there are some elements that uh, kind of follow through. Right. So, and we see this in, in uh, governments, mm-hmm. regardless of the, the year, the genre, the the country that these films originate in is that the government, the king, the emperor, the president, whatever, gets it in his head that, well, I can do whatever I want. And if people are talking bad about me, I'm just going to kill them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how that's kind of the the thing that launches flying guillotine. Okay. So interesting. Metaphorically, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> um, so another idea I had while thinking is, is Detective D... More Sherlock Holmes or James Bond? Because there's, uh, I'm not well, as I, familiar with Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm, lore mm-hmm. as I am Bond. And and D certainly seems to fit a lot of Bond type things where, I mean, there's like a little sexy, sexy thing at the beginning. Yeah. And he's a pretty good fighter. And he's still like. Uh, you know, James Bond's films are kind of detective films in the way that D is. It's like, oh, look at this. And there's a super secret plot by a guy you didn't expect sometimes. And then they're going to top try to topple like a queen. Uh, that felt pretty James Bondish to me. I can see that. Um, 
I would probably say no. I'd probably say more along the lines of, I mean, kind of remove the martial arts. Although if you look at the modern day Sherlock on BBC, mm-hmm. he's a little bit more capable in the martial arts. And I'm sure even um, the original Sherlock Holmes, All right, I guess Arthur Conan Doyle. Robert Downey like, Jr. is pretty. Yeah, in, in those movies, but that's not, I mean, that's kind of loosely based. But yeah, yeah he's, yeah. yeah, I would say that. I would say that Detective D is much more like the the Robert Downey Jr. Um, uh, who's the director on that? Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie. Uh, type detective than James Bond. Okay, okay, and that's fine. I just I couldn't pinpoint it. I was like, I don't know enough about Sherlock Holmes to really say if this is a good like. Have you analog. not watched Sherlock on BBC? I've watched probably watch like maybe the first like season. season. The first season oh, I like think is pretty good. Yeah. The, probably about I that. think once you get the was it three or four, it kind of falls apart. Maybe yeah. some of our listeners don't agree, but. I kind of lost interest and have not watched the final season of Sherlock. Uh, no. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's where I would put Detective okay. D is uh, Guy Ritchie's uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. Right. And but then that also made me think. All right, so we have China has Detective D. And he, right, it's pretty awesome. Right, Europe uh, and Britain has Sherlock Holmes and James Bond and Hercule Poirot over in uh, France. Oh, okay, uh, Agatha Christie. Oh, okay, uh, upcoming upcoming uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, I've seen stuff about that. Yeah, that movie doesn't look very good. I haven't watched the trailer. If, 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 here's what you need to do, Zach. This is okay. something you'll have to do on your own because it's not. It's not. not do we it don't have time. room here, no. or maybe we'll do it uh, later on. But um, if you watch the was it the 1977 version? I think is what it is of Murder on the Orient Express. It's really solid. Oh yeah. And if you read the book, but if you've seen the 77 movie, which is really cool, I think it's 77. Um, if you've seen the original version of Murder on the Orient Express, there's no need to to remake this this new film. Oh well, we're just treading old territory. On so remakes. I guess what you're I guess what you're what you're getting at is who is yeah, the who's the American detective? Because we just essentially just co opt everyone and then like we we make Sherlock Holmes uh, a sitcom thing starring Lucy Liu on ABC. I don't think it's a sitcom. Well, I don't know what it is. Humor. Whatever, it's called just Sherlock. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's called Holmes. Holmes. It's yeah. called Holmes. Yeah. I don't watch it. Yeah. Uh, that is a good question. I mean, we've got Batman. It's a good point. We do have Batman. I mean, Batman is kind of Sherlock Holmes yeah. inspired him. He's got the martial arts yeah. uh, uh, characteristics. But if we're talking about somebody that's really out in the open, you know, not masked vigilante, right? That's that's really hard. I, I bet our listeners could come up with a good. What is America's best detective? Who is America's best detective? Head over to Majorspoilers.com yeah. and in the comment section for this uh, this episode. Tell us who is America's best known detective, because especially because you it look could at be another. I mean, you look I at the Sherlock character, but I don't think so. Sherlock Bond. Well, no, the, you've got nothing really like, serialized. You've got uh, you've got Marlowe, you've got uh, Lou Archer, you've got um, you've got the Thin Man, you've got those detectives. I don't know any of those people. You don't. Well, we watched we uh, watched a Maltese Falcon. Oh yeah, with Sam Spade. Yeah. So we're talking about those kinds of detectives, but, you know, Sam Spade is not somebody that's going to flip around and do cool martial arts or, you know, yeah, no. figure out some plot to, to blow up half the Nakatomi Tower, that, yeah. that kind of stuff. But that is a good question. I'm, I'm going to say Batman probably. It, it, I mean, because I think we have a lot of one-off detective yeah. type people because, yeah, yeah. uh, oh, who did like, Jack uh, Nicholas play in... Oh yeah, and in, uh, yeah, yeah, movie. in Chinatown. Yeah, Chinatown. Jack, like, yeah, Jack Giddies. Yeah, I mean that's like one movie. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not looking at a serialized character, right? Well, and so far, I mean, we've got two movies of Detective D, and there have been two uh, Chinatown movies. There was the the follow up to Chinatown. There are two more Detective D movies coming. I know, They're right? Already Isn't that production. crazy? Isn't yeah, that crazy. 
Yeah. I can't wait to see him. That's it's like. Well, if you haven't seen, I got to figure Dragon out one. more about this. If you haven't yeah. seen the prequel one, definitely watch the prequel movie. Does he get arrested in that? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I it think he basically. With, oh man, he doesn't end like I it's been arrest. A, it has been a while since I've seen that movie, so I. Hmm. I also appreciate they didn't even wait for more D movies to come out before they immediately jumped into young Indiana Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, uh, would he be like a detective? No. no. He's not a detective. No, he's nope. just an adventurer. Anyway, so in the young Indiana Jones, it's like, no, we're going straight into young Detective D territory. We're not going to mm-hmm. mess around with uh, sequels. We're going prequels, and we're going to call it young Detective D. They could still call it Detective D. Why did it have to be young? I don't get it. I haven't watched it. But well, I don't, and I don't again, maybe I, maybe I have to watch that again, because maybe that is what leads to him going to going to prison but i don't think so i would I think, think it, it would have to be with, like him way younger if you're gonna yeah. call him young yeah no and and really it's you watch that movie just I'm watch pretty it excited they, just they watch said it a sea weekend. dragon so i'm pretty i'm pretty what about the the, the scooby gang are they like america's no, detectives I, no good lord no <laughs> it does seem like when i read a a the thing he was investigating was like a sea dragon monster. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's not going to be a sea dragon monster. Oh my God. That feels very Scooby Doo. It's like there's kind of is, and really this, the, the way that this mo- the way this movie that we're talking about today yeah. plays out, it's kind of like a Scooby Doo m- m- uh, mystery, oh, right? Sure. I mean, it's got that it's got that that stuff in it of you know people are suddenly bursting into fire and flame and what's going on and oh my gosh, you finally realize it's a plot to overthrow the government. Yeah. And that's that's a little bit Scooby-Doo. Especially with like have... a ventriloquist deer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there are all sorts of, we've mentioned some of the detectives. Doc Savage might be another one that people might uh, come, come into mind. Uh, he might be really good, but his stuff has been mostly serialized in, in books and comic books yeah. not, and, and radio, but not so much uh, movies or TV, although that's uh, Shane Black supposedly is still working on a Doc Savage movie. So I don't know. I, I'm really interested to see what our listeners will I mean, say about that. I think Batman is like the best bet so far. He might be. He might be the most popular one. When, when, and, again, and again, you're talking about who is the equivalent to Sherlock Holmes, right, James right, Bond, right, right. Hercule Poirot, and Detective D. Who yes. is the American equivalent of that? Yeah, like a crime-fighting detective. Not only crime-fighting, but just well, he, can kind of he can fight. He can fight. He can fight you, and he's like looking at clues and stuff. Yeah. might be. I mean, there's so many. Right. I mean, you can even look at um, uh, look at the um, uh, Dresden Files uh, type uh, yeah. magic stuff. Sure. So I don't know. I, it'll be. But again, he's all these are books and, and comic books yeah. and not movies, movies. and TVs. Yeah. Are you looking at movies and TVs? Well, that's my only inspiration. Right now. OK. I all mean, right. if, if there is like a thing I am missing that is just so prevalent in American culture in book form, I'll accept that answer. OK. All right. Podcast posting page, Majorspoilers.com. Yeah, absolutely. We want to know, listeners. And you, and as we like wrap this up, Detective D, <laughs> and as any movie we have watched recently, I cannot overstress how everyone needs to go watch this movie. It really it's is not good. on Netflix like I thought it was. No, that was like no. a Bollywood detective movie. Oh, okay. I found it. I'm like, oh, that's not what it was. Uh, but Detective D, it's like oh, on Amazon. A, we could do a whole it's on iTunes. We could do a whole six months to a year of nothing but really cool martial arts films that I've enjoyed off of <laughs> iTunes, and they're all really good. I mean. Uh, some of them hit in the same area as uh, Flying Swords of Dragon Gate, uh, but there's a lot of them that are like Detective D quality. Uh, there's some that are that hit into the the mystery type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's stuff that's romance. There's a lot of really good stuff if you dive into that international category on iTunes, and especially I think it's called Chinese cinema is the subcategory. 
I think is what it is. Oh, they even drill down that far? Yeah, they do. Which is, oh, But wow. they don't go into, or maybe it's martial arts. Maybe you just have um, to go into the martial arts section. But I've watched most of the martial arts films that are of high quality that iTunes has to offer. I wish they had a lot more of the movies that we're going to watch over the next couple of weeks, but they don't. Mm-hmm. So that's going to make it a little harder to find some of these films coming up. But, but you say go watch this Yeah, movie. you absolutely have to go movie. watch Detective D and The Mystery of the Phantom Flame. And also Sea Dragon. Watch the Sea Dragon one, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm like obviously going to watch it now because I'm so <laughs> so jazzed up on who this Detective D guy is. Uh, so, yeah, like we've said, head over to MajorPolos.com. You can find this podcast posting page. Give us your answer to who is the best serialized American detective who can kick some hiney. Yeah. Who is who is American James Bond? Who is American D? We need to know. Go over there uh, and give us some of your sweet, sweet knowledge. While you're there, click on Amazon.com. You can find Detective D in the mystery of the Phantom Flame. Yep. It is there. Yep. You could probably buy it on Blu-ray. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you can. And it's not going to cost you any extra when you use that link. You're just going to get a high-quality Blu-ray detective movie delivered straight to you, and major spoilers will get a little bit off that cut, and it won't go to Jeff Bezos probably buying uh, Goodyear tires or something next. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. He's going to buy NASA next. He's <laughs> I'm not entirely buy, sure what he's going to buy a small South American his plan country. is, but he's not going to get some of that money if you use that link. And and ultimately, we're going to have to stop Jeff Bezos because he is going to turn into a villain. <laughs> we will stop him one Amazon purchase at a time. Wait a minute, that doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> Stephen, there's another way people can help Major Spoilers. Yes, that's right. If you enjoy this show or anything that we do at Major Spoilers, head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. And uh, if you want to kick us five bucks a month, that's really nice. That's about 25 cents per every show that we produce per month. Mm-hmm. And that goes a long way into uh, taking us further and further along in the goals that we want to set. And if you are a uh, VIP patron over at patreon.com, you can find out what shows we're doing between now and the end of October when we take a hiatus, let that sink in for just a moment. Zach on film is going to take a hiatus beginning at the end of October, 1st of November. And this is the cool part, Zach. What? People have seen you. Yeah. Since you've been part of major spoilers, go from a college kid, uh-huh. dorky college kid, a super dorky college kid to getting a, a really cool job working for the city of Hayes. Yeah. Getting married uh-huh. to your not high school sweetheart, right? No. No. I mean, but she was in college high school, sweetheart. but let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> you got married. You've got a really solid job. And now Zach is about to step into the next part of his life. But the, yeah. And that is having a, a baby Zach a, bouncing around. A ba- I'm going to put my, uh, my, papa, my papa wolf pants on. You're going to put your papa wolf pants on. <laughs> so uh, Zach and I talked about this. We've talked about this back and forth for... Um, about a couple of months now we've been talking about this because I know that when my son was first born I was not doing doing nearly as much of the things that I was doing now but I was busy enough to where the first six months was just crazy town Mm -hmm. so with the baby due in November we don't know the exact date in November Zach does but he's not sharing it with the rest of us (laughs) I said hey why don't we just take six months off so that you can be a really cool dad Mm -hmm. and and be there for your wife and be there for your your son or daughter we don't know if it's no one knows no one knows yet be there for your kid and be really cool and, and get everything situated because there's going to be throwing ups and baby six and having to call into work and yeah. people stressing out and all that kind of stuff. So what we're going to do is at the end of October, we're going to take a six month hiatus so Zach can experience parenthood. Yeah. And then we're going to reexamine where we're at. But more than likely, we will be back in probably about a year uh, in June. June yeah. of, of 2018 is about where we will come back into uh, Zach on film. So at this point, it's not ending. 
we're just going on a hiatus so Zach yeah. can pursue fatherhood. Yeah, I've heard that having a child can be stressful. And now <laughs> I'm just assuming that's true because uh, <laughs> pretty much everyone I have ever met. And you're going to be said, tired. Yeah. Your wife's going to be tired. Everybody's going to be tired. And the last thing you're going to yeah. want to do is sit up in the middle of the night <laughs> with your kid. Although that might be a good might way to get having. your kid into uh, into watching movies is to uh, have them watch uh, the good and the bad and the ugly with you at, at two o'clock in the morning. I, I think that is age appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they won't know. What does it matter? So here's what we've done. What I've done is we have plotted out the um, next, what is it, almost uh, 20 movies that we're mm-hmm. watching between now and the end of October. So um, you can find that over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. And um, it's got all the movies. So the next two movies, we've talked about this. The next two movies that we're going to watch is The Flying Guillotine mm-hmm. and The Five Venoms, both Shaw Brothers films. We'll talk about this Shaw Brothers. And then we're going to have Man with the, uh, with the Iron Fist. And then we're going to wrap up in October with a horror fest. And yeah. I, think, I think our uh. final film is really going to prepare you, Zach. <laughs> we'll talk about it when we get there. But it yeah. will really prepare you for our fatherhood. It's going to be something. And that will come up uh, towards the end of October. But uh, I'm pretty excited about this. But again, we have a lot of other shows. We have a lot of other things that we would like to do. It'd be great if we could just hire Zach full time and then he would be able to not have to worry about uh, kids and family and all that stuff. And we yeah. can get to that goal uh, by you becoming a patron over at uh, patreon.com slash major spoilers. We appreciate everyone who's one of our patrons. We just passed a goal just uh, just recently. Oh, yeah? We'd like to hit our other goal in the very near future. I would love us to get to our top goal by the end of the year. And I think with enough listeners and in fact, just the listeners here. The listeners of this show, if every single one of them kicked in five bucks a month mm-hmm. over at patreon.com slash major spoilers, and five bucks isn't that much. No. Um, even even for someone who's going to be drowning in diaper debt, five no, bucks a month I is don't, not that much. I have five dollar donations to two podcasts. I'd have no plan to drop them at all when this young whippersnapper enters the world. Yeah. So if if the four thousand of you who are listening to this show all suddenly said, you know what? Five bucks a month, sure. We could buy insurance for Zach and his kid <laughs> and all that stuff and hire him on full time and keep this show going uninterrupted. Uh, but head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. We certainly appreciate your support. So that's going to be it for this week's episode of Zach on Film, everyone. We'll see you next week. This podcast is copyright 2017 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware.
terms apply.